pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. Good evening and welcome to One Life Left. My name is Steve Curran. Hello, I'm Simon Byron. And I'm Anne Scanfabry. And we are a video game radio show. What does that mean, Simon? It means uh, we are on the radio right now and we're about to talk about video games. But before we do that, that was an interesting offer we just wasn't had in the it? previous yeah. show, wasn't it? Do you think that was, that was for all of us, wasn't it? <laughs> it better have been. <laughs> Tell me about it. I was setting up. Louis, Louis Schaefer, mm-hmm. TV's Louis Schaefer mm-hmm. and radio's Louis Schaefer, yep. invited Anne back to his place. No, what? all of us. I, I, I said, <laughs> he said, I just gave you a plug on air. Did you hear it? And I said, no, it's really hard to hear you while we're out there. And he said... She's come back to my place. <laughs> and then so he, he shook Anne's hand, as we always, as we, yeah. as we hand mm-hmm. over. We're very of polite here. I shook his hand. I said, uh, does that offer extend to all of us? He said, come back. So it is So I'm it. sorry. Yeah. We would love to do a video game radio. <laughs> She's but, but we're all going back to Louis. Yeah. That makes sense. That's good. How are you guys? Good. Uh, a little bit tired today. Oh, okay. Do you need a bit? Do you need a the haircut for Can radio. Good. For our guests. You're looking great. Industry legends. Slick. Um, yeah, all good. What about you? I am fine. I had a very, very busy day and got distracted halfway through it and made a Marioki t-shirt instead. Good. Productive use of time. That was fabulous. I think we should go into clothing. That's how bands make their money these days. They don't worry about record sales. Right. They just do the merch. And we've, we've yeah. given, we've given, given that the kids didn't understand where the Marioki <sighs> t-shirt had came from. Do you think we're going to do the same with, with, the, with your prototype? Can we describe the t-shirt? Explain, explain uh, the t-shirt. I got very excited uh, over Christmas, um, thinking ahead to 80s Marioki. 80s and Marioki, 80s right? 80s Marioki. So it's, a big, no, it's, it's our first ever themed Marioki. We're going to do Marioki, which for new listeners is where we write pop songs to be about video games and this is our first themed night and we do it about in the 80s right so. yeah so i was like how can we make this special let's let's do some merch uh so i went online and I opened up photoshop and i made um a t-shirt which paid homage to um a classic t-shirt of yeah. the of the past iconic right? iconic if Sorry, you think that, of that 80s was, that was, that was pop for. music videos you well, think it's, so it's choose life yes and then i put the one and uh, uh left underneath the big <laughs> life and i put the cross over it yeah it's great it's on brand it was on brand it was cool it and was it, fun and it was worn by all of us all of us no no but it originally... oh, was he? uh by uh, wham yeah. yeah what did the kids say on friday <laughs> what wasn't wasn't train spotting from the nineties? Why are you wearing a train spotting t-shirt? Wasn't train spotting from the nineties? I think no. we sort of misread how much most of our Mariachi fans know about uh, the eighties. Yep, being born in the nineties, yep. and also how many people in that room know what One Life Left is. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> So still, I thought it was a good joke. It was a good joke. Uh, uh, Steve's made one up uh, for... Yeah, so we are going to open a a line of clothing, Anne. Mm. Good. I'm looking forward to it. Good. All of the jokes. Talking of uh, years... We, we established. (laughs) Uh, So ordinarily now, what we do is we we say... 
who's in the studio. And so we do name, job title, company. Yeah. This time around, it's just going to be industry legend Mev Dink, who's a game maker from uh, many years ago. We established his first game, game came out when... Year I was born. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was born. <laughs> so we're going to see what's aged better, the game or <laughs> Mev, Mev, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm very excited to have you here. Thank you for inviting me. No, it's a pleasure. I bumped into Mev uh, a few weeks ago and uh, I'd not seen him for years and years. He's just got to come on the radio show and here he is. Making dreams happen. Making things happen, exactly. Uh, so we'll come and talk to you properly uh, shortly, Mev. Uh, what else have we got coming up, Steve? We have uh, two features. Two okay. features Whoa. this week. Loads of good music. We'll have our reviews. But first of all, we're going to have the news. On Monday the 23rd of January, I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. Apple has increased the price of products on its App Store. The standard 79p price has gone up to 99p. Higher prices have increased too. Developers were told last week and prices have been changing since then. This will be the first time that UK and US prices align with 99p apps also costing 99 cents. Apple's email to developers explained when foreign exchange rates or taxation changes, we sometimes need to update prices on the App Store. Brexit may well mean Brexit it, but it looks like it also means more expensive games. Mm, this was inevitable, wasn't it? Well, I hate to say I told you so, uh, but I, I was at Pocket Gamer. Uh, I was on the Brexit panel on Monday. Yeah. Mm. I was, and I said, I said you're going to see price rises. Yep. They sent this e- so they, I think they sent this email out after you... They did after. Yeah. Wonder what Simon thinks Apple thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said Simon softened the blow on <laughs> yeah. that panel. People okay, are expecting yeah. it now. Yeah. Inevitable. Has this uh, affected uh, music prices as well on the Apple Store? I saw they were 99p uh, the other day when I was buying uh, some backing tracks for the Marioki. Right. I saw they were set at 99p and I wondered how long that had been the case because I'm sure they used to be cheaper. I haven't bought singles off mm. iTunes for ages but right. yeah they're all 99 people I have a feeling they might have no no they used to be 79p just they? curious uh, yeah so how do we think this is going to affect sales in the UK people not bothered I don't think you would not buy something if it's 99p if you were going to buy it for 79p. Mm. Although, you know, as a percentage, Steve, you do the math. <laughs> it's quite, it's, if you put up prices... What is the math? Well, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's it? 25%, isn't it? Yeah. 25% increase. Mm. I suppose um, if people were going to get annoyed about this, it's hard to, you know, hard to deny the fact that the currency rates, exchange rate has changed, right? Mm. But... Um, when the currency was vastly in our favour, when it was about one and a half dollars more, <laughs> uh, the rates didn't change the other way around. Indeed, the 79p uh, versus 99 cents thing has always been, it's always made things slightly more expensive than they are there. Well, do bear in mind that our prices include VAT and Americans ah, don't include fair the, point, the yes. sales taxes added afterwards, Of course. Oh. Because it's so, so different across the states. So, so do you think we're just getting a bargain still. <laughs> Don't tell them, yeah. They'll be spoofing their IPs, won't they? <laughs> Developer Bad Flight Interactive has been sending out blacklisting threats to journalists if they give a bad review to its new horror game, Dead Effect 2. The email with review codes explained a bit about how the game was made by a small studio of 11 developers, but that it's sometimes compared to AAA games in reviews and so comes off badly. It then said, Also, we're working on several other games that are definitely interesting, and if your review or preview of Dead Effect 2 is very negative, you won't receive any keys from us in the future. <laughs> Badfly has since admitted it messed up and has changed the email sendouts. Oh, dear. <laughs> recall. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Badfly Interactive want to recall the message <laughs> they've just sent you. Oh, gosh. Well, that's... You know, that was silly, wasn't it? For a start, um, just one sort of side issue. Dead Effect sounds. Dead Effect Two sounds like a a game title that's been made up for a right. American TV show. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about it. Yeah, we are talking about it. Better talk nicely about it, or we won't get any more keys. Did we get keys? No, we, we, didn't. we can slag it off as much as we want. Then <laughs> sometimes I read uh, when I'm feeling in need of a. 
a dose of miserabilism. I read Steam reviews okay. uh, just to see what the kids are saying about things. And it always does seem a little heartbreaking when it says, this product received for free, and then it's four paragraphs of them going, this is a terrible game. Because <laughs> you imagine they've begged for the key and the yeah. developers. But... That's how it works, isn't it? So people the developer did, did try to explain a little bit about it. They were saying, oh, you know, some people, um, they, they compare us to uh, much bigger horror games and obviously we're never going to come off as well as, the, as that and we just care so much about our game and we don't want people who just uh, who are just angry people on the internet to put out bad re- bad reviews because every bad review can have massive uh, a massive impact on our sales um, and we care about this game so much um, and so they included that line. They also so um, they are based in the Czech Republic and they also said they don't have a native English speaker there so there may have been a little a little lost in translation they seem pretty eloquent when apologising <laughs> yeah um uh, lesson here don't spam people then right if you don't know how they're going to react or you're unsure whether they're going to it's appropriate for them don't just send them keys right spend a bit more time going through your mailing list second thing is that actually um do consumers care the size of a team no. when they buy a game exactly Absolutely it's not. Uh, it's um yeah I, I you know i using that as a i was going to say excuse i'm still going to say excuse good you did uh, as an excuse for your game um is is isn't helpful mm, although counterpoint to that would be a lot of the people on 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 the sort of no man's sky forum were trying to defend it uh you know when all of the angry people were saying it's the worst game by saying oh it's just a small small indie team making something they say well it wasn't marketed if it had been marketed like an indie game uh, and I think that's a lot of you know mm. angry internet men getting confused because it doesn't matter to the majority of people how many people made the game. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. And if you are a small team, what you have to do is work out how to use that to your strength rather than competing with you know Resident Evil, yeah. uh, whatever number it's seven. Now. Um, Biohazard seven. Is that it? Seven. 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 Midnight tonight. Mev, uh, you, have you ever encountered anything like this in your in your history? Dealing with uh, people that have dealt with the press in a, in a, in a, in a manner that they perhaps shouldn't? Um, not at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, for a start, I'm really uh, surprised that uh, a studio with 11 people is considered tiny. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you remember, we were like two, three people mm, yeah. trying to do amazing things. Uh-huh. And I still think our uh, game industry offers that sort of opportunity to really talented small teams. Yeah. And and we see so many games developed by single person or just a couple of guys. Yeah. Really. So I don't think it's an excuse. No so. excuse. <clears throat> So long, farewell, Avida saying goodbye to the Wii U. Nintendo has confirmed that The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild will be the last game it produces for the console. Nintendo's Reggie Filami said to Polygon, we really are at the end of life for Wii U, because apparently he wasn't sugarcoating anything. The final Wii U was made in November last year, so we always knew this day was coming, but we didn't know it had hurt this much. As of September, 13.36 million of the little loves had been sold. Guess we'll... We you later, buddy. <laughs> we yep. you later. See you later. It doesn't work because we're not going to see it okay. again. <laughs> you say that. I've been thinking that, you know, we had this uh, this sort of discussion uh, last week of how I said, oh, I wasn't very excited about the Switch. Oh, yeah. You and you mind? were excited. Oh, yeah. No, you changed my mind during the show because you said, oh, it emulates the GameCube and I could play F-Zero on it. And then I realised that I can play F-Zero anyway because I've got three GameCubes uh, just, in my cupboard. I did, I did, to be clear, them in. to be clear, I didn't say that it did. I said no, that there said were rumours. Rumours, sorry. I don't know. You don't know. I so genuinely are, don't know. Are rumours... That sort of talk could get people in <laughs> Trouble, Steve. <laughs> there are rumours that about it this. might emulate the GameCube. Uh, so yeah. I was excited about that. And then, I, then I thought, why don't I get a Wii? Because I haven't had a Wii U. I've missed out on this generation. Right. Um, you know, I've played it at friends' houses, and I've played it at um, you know, places I've been, but I've never actually owned it. So even though there isn't an F-Zero title on it, which is ridiculous, um, why don't I get the f uh, get the non F Zero having Wii U and play it while all of you lot are getting excited about your Switch. Right, that's you good. know, because so it's a generation behind, save a bit of, bit of cash, won't I? You buy mine off me if you want. Can I? Two hundred and eighty pounds. Interesting. I'll yeah. think about it. The bottom of the canal. No, that's the Wii. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Wii U. Where, the Wii where are you going to file the Wii U once you get your Switch? 
I, well, th- th- that's actually an interesting question, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Because um, I don't know. It's going to have to come out from where it is because that's where the switch is going to go. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you can have it, Steve. Yeah. Maybe. Aren't you, you going to have to have the switch readily available so you can just plug it in, take it out, go around? So you're going to have to have that more visible. Presumably your Wii U is tucked away. I mean, presumably. You've been around my house and played my <laughs> Wii U. Why are you, t- why are you talking? Your Wii U is tucked away. <laughs> why, how do you know? Uh, yeah, I, it is. I'm going to have to have a little a little shuffle around. And But at the moment, the only thing we uh, play on the Wii U is, is Mario Kart. So, um, you know, it's going to be like for like to a certain mm. extent, isn't it? Mm. Uh, what a swan song, though. Uh, Breath of the Wild. Have you been watching videos all weekend like I have? Nope. Have you seen the UK TV advert for Breath of the Wild? <laughs> no. <laughs> have you seen it? Have you read about the guide that they've had to take down from Amazon because it gave too much away? How yes, much? I did see... It's got over 700 um, puzzles, things to find. 70-odd <laughs> quests, according wow. to this book. So it's going to be, what, like 60 quid, but it'll be worth it. Well, is it 60 quid? Or, because uh, Well, it was 60 quid, yeah. right? But um, Amazon had a thank you day last last week where to yeah. say thanks to me, you could type <laughs> thank you into a, into the checkout and get £10 off. They'd already discounted it to £50, so I paid 40 for it. <laughs> no! But the drama uh, the drama this week was, um, I've been, I was like, okay, because uh, we're going to be at GDC when the Switch comes out, but I need to make sure I get my hands on one for launch day. I was thinking about leaving Marioki and going to GameStop and then emerging triumphant... <laughs> Like the Lion King uh, with a switch during the middle of the event. I thought, no, I'm going to just order one. Um, then I thought, oh, it's going to be delivered to the office. I, I, I land back on the Santa Saturday. I don't want to swing by the office and go pick it up and then go home. Get it delivered to my wife, I thought. Mm. Right? So change the address on the Amazon. Yeah. Bear in mind, I, I pre-ordered six minutes after pre-orders opened. Uh, change the address on Amazon. It went from a guaranteed arrival March the 3rd to we don't know when you'll oh. get this. If you change the address on no. Amazon, they count it as a new order. No. I went straight on the chat. Um, I was chatting to somebody today, and they were like, oh, yeah, I can understand why that would be annoying, is what they said. Like, well, I'm glad you can see how that's annoying. How I, did, I pre-ordered at six minutes past the hour, and now and I was going to get one definitely on launch day. And they said, well, we, um, we aren't sure. Argos, right? In, a, in, in my haste to pre-order, I hadn't realised you could choose the colour of your Joy-Con, You've not said. Joy-Cons. Argos still have the neon ones available for launch day, right? Right. Jump onto Argos, order it today, cancel Amazon, Okay. Um, have we been able to help you? Yes, you have. I said to the chat person, I'm cancelling. We're very sorry. Off to Argos, right? Get the neon Wii U. Brilliant. Email comes through. You get £10 off from spending that much money with Argos. They've already dropped the price of 1-2 Switch down to £35. I get it for 25 And it's going to my wife's work on launch day. <laughs> How do you feel about that? <laughs> I just feel like I've been in your internet history. <laughs> You may have seen film stars and comic book characters on placards and signs at the worldwide women's marches this weekend, but did you notice any video game characters in the crowds? If you were marching in South Korea, you would have done. Overwatch character Diva was out and about in the protest thanks to a group of feminist gamers in Seoul called the National Diva Association. One member said of the character, as you know, Diva is a Korean woman, uh, a Korean woman character who thrives in the gaming world, but in a sexist country like ours, it's impossible for a person like her to arise. You were on the march, Anne, weren't you? I was. How was it? It was great. Uh, it was huge. It's so much bigger than um, I thought. It was really um, a really good atmosphere. Uh, yeah, it was just a very positive thing uh, to go to after quite a lot of negativity. Did you catch any Pokemon? <laughs> I did not. I was otherwise engaged. But did Is you have true? it on? Because you would have marched yeah. and no, you could have hatched no. so many eggs. No, I had my mind focused on yeah, one but thing. It happens in the background. It's just a question. You could have worn the uh, yeah. the real life pokey thing. I mean, think if, if this happened next year, and I assume there's going to be more. Mm. You take your switch with you. We take your switch. Just don't. I just like to, you know, f- focus when I'm on protest marches. I'm, I'm rightly so. Yeah. Did you spot any gaming characters? No, I I didn't. There was a lot. Uh, you know, there was a lot of cultural references, but I didn't see any gaming ones out there. Uh, did you see any through? social media uh no i only the ones that were pointed out by kotaku oh yeah what so what other ones were there that one that one any others there were a couple of others were there i think yeah do you know what i've had a brain freeze no i had that on the way in today (laughs) (laughs) there were i I remember a lot of people wrote about it maybe they were just writing about overwatch were they i don't know maybe maybe popular game isn't it i wasn't really paying attention am and is that the last story 
Oh no. There's one more story. There's one more. And finally, Microsoft will not stand for Nintendo being the only controller on the go company, and so it has launched an inflatable Xbox One controller to use in the pool. Obviously, the controller doesn't actually work, and you can only float about on it or save lives with it or have the best time of your life splashing around near it. But for goodness sake, nobody wants someone turning up to the pool with a working controller, do they, Karen? Anyway, it's only out in Australia, and it doesn't really matter because who goes to a pool with an inflatable? It's absolutely ridiculous. So who made this? Microsoft uh, or so it's a it's a company working with Microsoft. It looks like so they last year they made um, a, an Xbox One onesie, mm-hmm. which came out in summer in Australia, which was confusing. This seems more um, weather appropriate, but it's it's a company that looks so it's promoted through the Xbox Australia account. Right. So why didn't they make a working one? Because that would have been an actual. <laughs> a fun story and interesting and also I can imagine it being awesome to use and stupid and splashy and fun. But you can't put electricity in a swimming pool, Steve. It will kill everyone. How have you got to your age? Yeah. <laughs> Without injury. You, def- <laughs> you, you definitely can have electricity. You definitely can. I'm not saying mains power. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you can't put... You're saying there's n- there's no examples of electronic... Uh, battery-operated things that run in pools. Yeah. There's no shall motors. I, right, shall, I, shall I tell you something? Shall I tell you a boring answer to why you can't do that? Yep. Bluetooth doesn't travel through water. Don't do it Bluetooth, then. Why are you going to do it, then? You're going to have to wireless it. I don't know. You can't wireless it, because then it will be plugged into something. Right. We're going to do this. <laughs> right. In addition to our other projects that we're going to do, which is, as we discussed, mostly going to do Mario Key in Japan, uh, we're going to make a working inflatable Xbox control. Oh, we don't have Xboxes. No. You see, this is all where right. it all falls down. Goodness me. This Email is the Red Consultancy's consultancy. fault. <laughs> <laughs> Again. We're naming and shaming this year, Anne. We are. We are. Good. All right. Uh, is that it, Anne? That's it. Thank you. One life left video game news with Anne Scantleberry. listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. It's the greatest radio station in the world. They almost got a lot more of that song, than they? We're about to go into some deep admin. <laughs> we were. We did. We got lost. Uh, we've got a lot of admin on at the moment for reasons that we'll chat about later in the show. Uh, but our visit to California is coming up. Mm-hmm. Excited about that. I've got a question. Far away. A little bit of admin. Okay. You know... Um, your order with Amazon. Oh yeah, <laughs> I want to deep dive into right. this. Yep, even even further. Uh, but did you have to type thank you into the? I did. It's a bit subservient, isn't yeah, it? I'll type anything for ten quid so off. You, was the? <laughs> <laughs> I will. Right. <laughs> Try me. I suggest uh, 
If you own an e-store out there, you test Simon on that. <laughs> you do. That's interesting. Allow those orders to stack as well. Okay, <laughs> I'll keep on typing. <laughs> keep on typing. Over and over. Again, this song is... Ooh, it's quite hard to say. I think it's called Atkstat, or the artist is, and it's called Pressure. It's from chipmusic.org. Um, that's where we get all of our music from. Uh, and you'll hear some more of that later in the show. It's good. Thanks. Mm. Your approval, I think, is excellent. Mm. Uh, should, we t- should we chat to Mev? Shall we? Let's talk to Mev. I'll fade out. Oh, sometimes you do, and then we go. Do you want me to do that? <laughs> let's do it. Say again. Okay. Let's let's talk to Mev. Let's talk to Mev. Mev. <laughs> so nice to see you. Uh, you um you, you you sent through a reminder of all the stuff you've done, and I have to say, uh, there's an astonishing range here. Let's go right back to the to the beginning. So uh, you were. Uh, Making games since 1983. Well, I, I started, started learning to program and, you know, get into game development as such. Okay. In 1983. And the first game was? In 85. Jerry the Germ. Indeed. Tell yes. us about Jerry the Germ. Um, okay, well, uh, I started in 83, and it took me two years to learn to program my ZX Spectrum. Okay. <laughs> um and I qualified myself as a professional developer. Uh-huh. And I left the job I was doing at the time. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, while learning to program, I came up with some ideas and things as to what would be my first game. And Jerry the Germ seemed such an original idea. Right. Since uh, I, I realized that all the gaming characters were all, you know, good guys and you know, beating up bad guys. Yeah. I thought I could do something completely different. So, you, you played uh, a germ. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, helping it destroy a human body. Yeah. <laughs> Quite controversial, okay. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. And I remember Microsoft nearly throwing me out of their offices. Right. <laughs> when I took, took the idea to them, you know. But uh, luckily, Tony Rainbird yeah. uh, at... Rainbow, yeah. Rainbow Software and later Firebird of Telecom Soft. Yeah. Um, he loved the idea and then he also liked my programming ability. You know, I showed him some of my demos and things. Yeah. And uh, he decided to sign me up. Great. Which so was you, great, yeah. You, you were there obviously working at the time of Mirosoft, which was a really interesting time in British software publishing. Um, but also, uh, I'm right in thinking that... Um, Back then, if you wrote a game for one format, someone else would do the other the other versions. Is that right? Um, I, I, like I said, I started out on the ZX on the Spectrum, Spectrum yeah. and then I found a, a very good Commodore 64 programmer uh, where I lived at the time, okay. which was Southampton. Yeah. Um, so then I suddenly realized I could do two versions of a game. Um, and then when Amstrad CPC came out, which was also Z80 based, right. very similar to the uh, Spectrum hardware, I also realized that I could also do the Amstrad version too. Okay. So suddenly, uh, I was this tiny little team, you know, like two-man team, yeah. doing three formats, right. which was amazing. Proper yeah. small team there. Yeah, like absolutely. These, yeah. Yeah, very small. So you <laughs> did, uh, you worked with Electric Dreams, you got bought by... EA, I think. Activision. Oh, Activision. Um, They were an interesting label. We did the Nightmare computer game based on the TV show for Activision. Um, You also did Enduro Racer. which. (laughs) um, So again, back then, uh, a lot of people would take uh, arcade games and bring them to home computers. So you you did the the Amstrad version. Yes. And that was done in how long? It took me about two... Or three weeks. Two to three weeks. Yeah, which was crazy. Right. But I have to say, of course, the game was originally planned on the Spectrum. Yeah. Which was absolutely amazing, I have to it say. It was a good it version, was one wasn't of the it? best. And, uh, of course, the very first coin-op conversions. Right. And then the original team had done a fantastic job. To this day, I still don't know why, but they refused to do the Amstrad version. Okay. And it was such a big game for Activision. They almost begged me to sort of do the Amstrad version, right. but I was really scared to take it on because it was such a, you know, technically difficult project to do. Absolutely, and that would have been my second game. Right, and 
Anyway, I had the go. And how I, long did you tell him it was going to take? I didn't have a clue, to okay. be honest, Simon. I, 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 you know, but I, I sort of very cautiously, you know, decided to have a look, check the code, and I got really scared. But I came up with this idea of emulating the spectrum on the Amstrad. Oh wow! Can you imagine? Right. <laughs> so because Amstrad had more memory and it was slightly faster than the spectrum. Okay. And so I literally. Uh, kept the original Spectrum code. Is that right? Emulated it on the Amstrad, and I got the whole thing working within a couple of weeks. And then I added some colours and things, you know, polished it up. Right. And I took it to Rod Cousins and John Dean. Yeah, yeah. And they were gobsmacked. Oh. <laughs> and it turned out to be one of the biggest games of the year. Indeed, yes. And I, I did get quite a uh, amazing coverage, especially in, in Europe, as you know. Yeah. As you may remember, <laughs> Amstrad. Yeah, was very big in Spain yeah. and France. Right. Yeah, much much bigger than it was here in the UK. Yeah. So I became like a you know very famous developer That's in right. Europe too. Yeah. Uh, from there to Last Ninja Two. Yep. Again, another sort of uh, shall I use that word rescue job? <laughs> um, uh, I mean, I always intended to do my own stuff. You know, I wanted to do you know original games of yeah. my own. But because I did such a good job on the Indra Racer, and System 3 at the time uh, had difficulty getting the Spectrum version out. Right. They spent so almost eight months or whatever, you know, uh, and they couldn't really do it from the Commodore 64 to Spectrum. And they asked me to help them out. And I refused to do the uh, uh, first one, but then I'd heard that they were thinking about doing a sequel, Last Ninja 2. And I said to Mark Hale, I said, I'd be interested in doing Last Ninja 2 from day one alongside the 64 version because yeah. that would be you know, something that I would be interested in. But I don't want to do the first one. So they agreed because you know, they scrapped the first one. Right. <laughs> and then we, we did the, uh, all three versions together. Yeah. Uh, from Last Ninja to First Samurai, that's quite a leap. Uh, yeah. Tell us about First Samurai. Um, of course, while working on Last Ninja 2 with John Tweedy and Hugh Riley, another two great games in our industry, especially in the early years, you know. And we became such a good team, and I did make it absolutely clear from day one that I would be doing my own stuff. So, I, you know, I said that I would leave after I'd finished... Last Ninja 2. Uh -huh. And of course, we became such good friends with John and Hugh, and so we talked about maybe setting up our own company, which we did. Uh, we ended up setting up Vivid Image. Right. And then we ended up doing, you know, First Samurai, Time Machine, and, and much later, of course, Street Racer. Yeah, so First Samurai was uh, Game of the Year. It was a really big deal at the time, wasn't it? Oh, it was a massive deal. What in, in 1991. Um, uh, it was a you know huge success for us technically yeah. and, and both visually and you know uh, and technical achievement really and uh, we did that game with uh, you know a great Rafael Checo right a lot of people would know him from the Spectrum again yeah yeah with Cybernoid and Stormlord yeah. games like that uh, but unfortunately as you <laughs> <laughs> very well know uh, something you know, horrible happened with Microsoft. Yeah. And unfortunately, the game was only in the shops for just one week. Right. Is you that know? right? Yeah. One week. It, it may very well be the most copied, you know, 16-bit game ever. Right. Because I received so many inquiries from helplines. Do you remember? Yeah. Helplines yeah, yeah. were yes. very new at the time. Right. And, uh, you know, I used to get a lot of phone calls, you know, from those helplines asking for help saying, you know, we don't know how many copies you sold, but we are getting the most number of inquiries <laughs> wow. about First Samurai. I said, well, that's because they are, you know, young kids are copying it left, right and centre. So what did you do then, like, when that happened? You just, I mean, it must have been an enormous... Well, I mean, it was like really tough time, yeah. Simon. Uh, again, as, as you may recall, at the time, Microsoft were the best and the biggest publisher to work with. Yeah. And Bitmap Brothers yeah. and uh, Sensible Software, we were all like top developers working with them. And luckily, I've always been very good with keeping my own IP rights. 
you know, in, in, our, yeah. in, in our agreements. So I managed to very quickly get the rights back. And then I think I did the PC version of right. First Samurai uh-huh. myself. I actually converted it right. from the Amiga, you know, line yeah. by line. Yeah. It took me about three months, and Ubisoft published that. Okay. So that gave us a little bit of that was, in space. That was the start of your relationship with Ubisoft. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So um, good, good things come out of bad things often. So yeah, uh, but like I like I said, I mean, the main thing was that uh, I could uh, take my IP rights back, so I could do whatever I could to salvage uh, what otherwise should have been a massive hit for us. Really. Yeah, yeah. And then massive success financially too. Right. Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, we sold um, Camco, the uh, SNES version. Yeah. We didn't have anything to do with the actual uh, development of it because Camco wanted to do it themselves uh-huh. more for the Japanese market. And, you know, I have to say it wasn't really as good as the Amiga version. Right. You know. So, and then, yeah, that's what kept us going, really. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Street Racer, which um, you uh, came out on the SNES first of yes, all. Yes, SNES was the first uh, version in 1994. Okay. And, and alongside Rayman. Um, yeah, they were the two games that put Ubisoft on the publishing map. Really. Wow. Yeah. Did you have any idea back then, sort of, <laughs> the impact you'd have? We were joking upstairs that without you, there'd be no... Michael Fassbender <laughs> running across roofs. Well, I, I mean, it would be foolish to, you know, take, uh, you know, all that credit, you know. But uh, you know, it's nice to to be able to say that uh, Street Race, along with Rayman, were the first two games that put Ubisoft on the publisher's map. Yeah. Um, I have to say, at the time, uh, a lot of people expected me to actually give the game to. Virgin in- Interactive. Like you know. everyone else was. <laughs> yeah. And then I knew that uh, UB were trying to become a publisher because they were a very established and good distributor in Europe. And they were distributing EA, Virgin, Activision, you know, all those big names. And then because I'd done such a good job on First Samurai PC version, and I had a reasonably good relationship with Eve. Right. And, and I still do, I have to say. Okay. You know. Um, so I decided to, you know, give the game to Ubisoft, you know, uh, believing that they would do all they could yeah, to yeah. promote the game because they didn't have anything else. Very <laughs> and that's exactly yeah. what they did. Yeah. But they did a fantastic job, you know, I have to say. Right. And in Vir- Vir- so they're still around and Virgin aren't. God. Yeah, they're still <laughs> around and, you know, going from strength to strength. Uh, oh, we, we, we could have you on every week, Mav. Uh, <laughs> so you, see, uh, you then went back to Turkey for a while? Well, then... Uh, just before the end of 2000, uh, you know, uh, our daughter was about three and a half years old. And with my wife, you know, we, we were talking about whether to go back to my native country, Turkey, uh, for a break, because I'd already been here for over 20 years and achieved quite a bit, you know, in my own little world. Yeah. You know? um, and then uh, we decided to, you know, go back to Turkey. And at the time, there was no game development to speak of in Turkey. So I took it upon as a huge challenge to kickstart the gaming sector in Turkey. Yeah. And it was such a, you know, like it was really hard work. But uh, I have to say, uh, I did it. Right. Now there is a massive gaming sector in Turkey with almost 30 million gamers. Wow. And it's it's, uh, one of the top emerging markets in the world. And now you've uh, so, th- so th- that that taken care of. Yeah, that I, established. You've come that. back again. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, no, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm back in the UK and trying to make a comeback in, so in that's, development. So that's really. the next stage of of, of Mev Mev Dink. Then yeah, is yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so what are you up to now? Well, to be honest, uh, we managed to hook up with Rafael Checo again, which yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And we seem to get on so well. You know, we understand each other. Our ideas sort of like really you know, come together, whatever. And uh, we decided to work together again. Okay. So we set, set up a small studio, really small, just, <laughs> just the two of us. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and one artist at the moment. Okay. Um, so initially we were thinking of uh, remaking First Samurai. Right. Um, but we are both very ambitious. Yeah. You know, although very experienced and knowledgeable. Uh, I'd like to think we know what we want to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. 
but it's such a big game. Um, so we are working on a nice little mobile game at the moment right. to sort of help us sort of keep going and also decide what to do next. Yeah. And also, uh, of course, Street Racer. Okay. You know, we, I really think it would be a fantastic game to remake. Yeah, well, I, I was taking a look at it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, yeah and because there's still, Yeah, there's still room for a really nice combat racing game right you know what was so nice to see you uh, when i bumped into you a couple of weeks ago was that um your eyes were were lighting up about the way that you can do stuff now you were showing me uh the game that you're working on mobile and I just go, look at this simon it's amazing you can just do this <laughs> i had this idea this morning and here it is and and yeah so uh, but, but i mean uh, as you know simon I, i'm mentoring a small studio in spain they're really tiny. We're going to keep uh, that. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it's a you know mobile studio, and I've been really enjoying it because yeah. you know they respect what I tell them and they can see that you know my experience and knowledge of making games is is quite important to them and things. But I also see a lot of uh, in the developers, startups, incubation centers. They are all doing the same thing, you know, like promising so much to in the developers and then delivering so little mm -hmm. because everyone's after this elusive you know investor publisher you know everyone's expecting a lot of money yeah and they're like four five six seven people you know and then i i wanted to sort of uh, create an example with raf okay just the two of us yeah with one artist you know see if we could do something really nice in a few weeks not like a few months yeah yeah you know that was, to me, the whole point of the mobile market, you know, knocking up nice little, you know, games yeah. relatively quickly with, with, with a small team. Yeah. And then if you look at all the major successful mobile games, they are like that. Really. Yeah. It's just a, you know, very original, unique idea, very well executed. Uh -huh. And that's exactly what we did in the 80s and 90s. Right. It's gone know? full circle. Yeah, yeah. So... That's what. That's why we are so sort of like uh, happy about you know having a go at this. Great, I'm really enjoying it too. Well, I look forward to seeing uh, the fruits of your labour. How, so, how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in? Uh... Well, uh, we have a website, pixelagestudios.com. Uh -huh. So uh, there isn't much there at the moment, but at least they can get in touch with us. We have a Facebook page, and I'm quite active. Good on, on Twitter as Mevdink. Great. <laughs> so, Good. Well, uh, it's an uh, absolute pleasure to see you again, Mev. Don't leave us alone next time, will you? No, thank you. So okay. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for inviting me, and I really enjoy your show. Pleasure. It's a great show. Hello, I'm Sega Badawi, and welcome to One Life Left Local News. A little village has been rocked by the resignation of its mayor. Tortum Hunt, the posh turtle currently in charge of Atari ST Ocon Trent, has decided to resign in order to take over at the local museum. Residents are claiming that the mayor had fallen out with his party's leader, the avuncular but ineffective Tortimer, and the mayor felt that he could no longer work effectively in his role. Plus, the village owed millions of bells to Tom Nook. The position at the museum only came available due to the referendum vote that meant the previous curator, Blavers, felt he was no longer welcome in the village. Blavers said he felt like he had been tarred and feathered, except as he was already feathered because he was an owl, he just felt like he had been tarred. Which really was the worst of the two options anyway. Thanks and back to your usual programming. Letters. Thank you so much for your letters we've received this week. 
Uh, we've, we've got a couple of long ones, so we're going to have to rattle through them, aren't we? And All right, let's go. Hello, team. Hello, SSG. I've been catching up with some old GDC talks, and I was particularly taken by Frank Sifoldi's It's Just Emulation, The Challenge of Selling Old Games. In it, he talks about the unavailability of old games due to the demonization of emulation by the games industry and then compares that to film in the digital age he makes two core points that i want to share first is it quite possible due to the fact that they used the file formats developed by emulation decades ago that nintendo's virtual console uses roms downloaded from the internet second video codecs can be thought of as film strip emulators What games-based talk should I watch next? Is there anything you've seen coming up in GDC 2017 that you're looking forward to? Pip-pip, and that's from Robert. Interesting, Robert, that you say that. We've been just going through the list of talks at GDC because uh, we can confirm that we will be doing the radio show out there again. Uh, But we're doing it in a very special way, aren't we? We're going to emulate it. Uh, yeah, we're using a different file format. What is that file format, Anne? We're using Twitch. Whoa. We're using Twitch. You're going to be able to... See our faces! Mm, for better and for worse. I'm a bit Mostly worried. worse. I'm a bit worried I've got my hair cut out of sync. Yeah. Because <laughs> it should be too early to get it cut again. I know. Mev, how do you feel about emulation uh, and your old titles? Um, in a way, as a way of keeping them alive? Well, to be honest, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about the retro gaming community and old games being emulated and sort of uh, used with emulators and played again. But personally, I, I think it's great, you know. Um, obviously, we are not like musicians. We don't perform our right. art, yeah. you know. And when you think that a game we developed 25 years ago, it's still being played by tens of thousands of people and talked about it's absolutely amazing mm. right and I welcome it to be honest sounds like consent yeah. to me so to answer <laughs> yeah. to answer uh, Robert's question uh, watch One Life Left yeah or listen to One Life Left because we'll be a podcast as well at GDC uh, because we'll give you lowdown on all of the talks then uh, Frank's talks are brilliant I, I love what he does he came on the show and talked yeah, about this he did, he did. Um, and there are some outstanding honestly like pretty much everything on the, in the GDC vault is worth watching um, obviously some of them are very very specialised and you may not get something out of uh, you know stuff on shaders but if something interests you then you're pretty pretty much guaranteed to, uh, it'll be a good thing because they have very stringent application requirements Endorsed. Endorsed. <laughs> Steve. Okay. Uh, dear team and SSGs, uh, writes Richard Stratton. Steve's recommendation last week that Overcooked is an outstanding example of co-op gaming was spot on. First it was on sale and second the family played it extensively over the weekend with my wife taking a particularly aggressive approach to kitchen management. So on Sunday evening I suggested we calm things down a notch and try Virginia. It's a walking simulator and perhaps I should have asked for Simon's view as it turns out my wife dislikes walking simulators and does not get the point of it almost as much as him. I was disappointed. I like these experiences, have enjoyed Gone Home, Rapture, etc. Was invested in Virginia when my wife unceremoniously quit the game. This left me with a question that my favourite weekly FM video game radio show can answer. What game has left you and your gaming partner friend with starkly opposing views, especially when you know you're right? Thanks, Richard. Simon. Uh, I do... I, it's not all walking simulators I dislike. I, I strongly disliked Gone Home. Right. I did like Dear Esther, and I really loved Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Okay, interesting. Okay, let's just be... Uh, Clear about that. Different uh, views. Hmm. Well, Kate finished Uncharted and I didn't. Right, okay. I just, yeah. Sorry. You didn't have a fight about it, though, did you? Or did you just... We had a quick time fight. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um? um, I don't think... I don't think I've... Uh, I was talking about this uh, this morning when the email uh, came through and I don't think I've had like a, an argument about it, about um, mm. a game I tend to surround myself with people that only like exactly the same things as me so yeah no arguments we disagree on everything <laughs> there, is, there are no there are very few video games uh, that uh, my partner will tolerate and that makes finding ones like Overcooked right. a pleasure it means that I'm pretty much sure other people will enjoy them too Meth. Um, well, first of all, I, I, I don't play games. That's a surprise, isn't it? <laughs> I don't even I write them. I, do, I don't even have a console at home, wow. to be honest. Um, and my wife only plays one game, on. which is 
Candy Crush. Right. Uh, since I don't play games, we don't have a problem, you know, like having a <laughs> clash with each other. Yeah. Uh, with walking simulators, I mean, you know, I do a lot of walking in real life. So <laughs> uh, we lived in Barcelona for a year. Right. And we used to do 15,000 steps every day. Okay. And then we are trying to do that in London too. The best way to discover this great nice. city. Okay. Good. Uh, you got one very quick letter. Yep, and it's uh, it's a letter from Chris Stewart, uh, dear team and SSG. Short and sweet this week, he says. There is a new hardware on the horizon. Day one purchase, good or bad idea. <laughs> Love and kisses. Simon, you got my answer. <laughs> Anne? Um, uh, no. Day one, do we tend to do day one on hardware? I don't do day one. Uh, I... I don't know. I think there is something to be said for paying the premium and having the risk just for that, like, thrill of it being exciting and feeling like you're a kid again. Uh, I don't. There you go. <laughs> is that it? That's it. Okay, thank you very much for your letters this week. Let's have a little bit of music and we'll be back after this. of our admin that, and that's why we lose money yeah no it is <laughs> I know I know it's because I'm we keep sure. getting interrupted by the radio I'm show I'm sure the Christmas party cost me money I'm yeah. absolutely sure I got my sums wrong yeah oh well oh well tell the tax man that shall we <laughs> gonna write it off not pay any <laughs> tax for the next five years, years yeah, yeah. Exactly. All right, uh, this is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Chrome Cobra and how Cobra got his groove back. It's from chipmusic.org. Uh, we've got a little bit more admin to deal with. Uh, on air admin, having on just air. done that math. <laughs> just done the math. Confirmed back well, of envelope calculation. Well, well, that, well, that cover the costs, Steve. <laughs> and you went, I don't know. <laughs> That's why, and we wonder why those around us are doing better than we are. <laughs> Before that, uh, oh, I don't it's know, worth it though, isn't it? To see their faces when they see our t shirts. <laughs> <laughs> what? Train spikes? What? GDC is coming up very, very soon. Uh, end of February, it is happening. Yes. It's very early in the calendar year. Which yes. Is why we're a bit frantic and why we don't have time to do the sums properly. But we are doing the radio show out there, which is really, really exciting. If you are a video game developer, you're coming to GDC. Uh, please let us know. We'll have you on the show. Uh, we'll be doing five shows. Have your faces on the on the show as, as yeah, well. Five yeah. shows. Uh, we're doing one on the Monday night, which is going to be our welcome party, exclusive invite only, and then we will uh, do four shows lunchtime on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. But that is not all we'll be doing at GDC, is it? It never is. It never is. While you're out there, you may as well do everything else. Mm. Uh, and we love to take Marioki with us. We Wherever are we go. Definitely taking Marioki with us. We are definitely it's in doing our laptop. It. You can't get rid of it. No. It's in our veins. So we are doing it on the Thursday night of GDC, which is March the second. Well done. <laughs> well done. Uh, we'll be doing it at the same venue as last year. Encore and- karaoke. Yep. Our, our friends, our friends out in San Francisco. Yes. Um, and tickets will be going on sale, Simon, when? Well, if you're listening to the live show, they're going on sale tomorrow. If you're listening to the podcast, they sold out yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> we think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll see them on Everbright. We'll be posting the links on Facebook. There's a Facebook event already. If you join that, you'll get the link first. Oh, will we'll you? post it next on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs> And yeah, not many tickets. It's a very, very small venue, but it is always the best night of GDC and it will be the same this year. We will see you there. Reviews. 
Simon. Quick one for me. Uh, this week I've been revisiting Ark Survival Evolved with Dexter, who yeah. um, he got the update, uh, which coincided with him being told at school by his mates about the hacks. So I, one of the games I've been reading reviews of this okay. week. Ark Survival Evolved. On, um, is it from Dexter? Who can tell you that what you need to do is give item numb, then look on the internet. Uh, Dad, can you find out what the assault rifle is? <laughs> uh, it's, it's item 246, Dexter. Okay, give item number 246, one, 1,000, false. Oh, I've got an assault rifle. Hello, dodos. <laughs> Dexter, do you know the story behind the dodos? Yeah, they're extinct. Why is that? Did they bump into someone like you? Um, so, yeah, he's getting all of the all of the, uh, all of the items in Ark by uh, just typing them into the console now yeah. and see what he can do with them. He, he built a tremendous dinosaur army. Uh, yeah, it's, it's gone from a game that is super challenging to one that he's just really enjoying messing around in. Um, and so, yeah, it's good. It's still not quite finished. Still a lot of glitches in it. Still a couple of annoyances, but uh, well on its way to being the new Minecraft. People hate it. It, the review section is full of 3,000 hour people going I've played this for 3,000 hours and let me tell you I used to like it now it's garbage because apparently the problem is they've let people transfer servers and so you can spend all your time building something beautiful up but as soon as you go to bed you the get Russians eight, uh, you, get an, you get an 8 year old uh, yeah, assault <laughs> rifle, assault rifle uh, shooting all your dodos um, <laughs> and Interesting. Uh, the conspiracy theory online is that they've done it deliberately oh. to drive away people so they don't have to finish the game. Ah. That's what the kids on the internet who don't know anything That's says. That's smart, isn't it? That is mm. good. Um, well, like them, I'd imagine Dexter would give it 7 out of 10. Interesting. <laughs> Anne? Um, I have been playing Reigns at last. Oh. Uh, at last? At last. At last. It's been on my phone for a while. Just flicking through, I thought I'd give it a go. So it's basically, uh, so it's an, uh, so I've been playing it on iOS. Don't know if it's available on other formats. Um, I can confirm it's on Android. Okay, it's on other formats. I can confirm it's, it's on, on PC. PC as well. Okay, yeah. it's on many other formats. Um, what about Xbox One? No one knows. It's no, not, one, no. no. Red one knows. Consultancy, if you're listening, <laughs> you can fix that yeah. problem. Um, so it's basically uh, Tinder, but with monarchy decisions. <laughs> um, and so you start and you are a king, and then you have to swipe right and left to answer questions about what you might do as the monarch. Um, and you have to keep your church, your people, your money, and your army uh, all in line. And if you fail to do that, you die. And then a new king pops up and you get to play the next king. And it's great. And you just like go through history and you meet different characters and they do different things for you. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just it's very fun and it's quite nice swiping without judgment. <laughs> How much did it cost you? <laughs> Uh, oh, I can't remember. Well, mm. I downloaded it ages ago. Yeah, two ninety nine. I would have thought it would have been two ninety nine. Now it's who knows plus twenty five percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ish, probably. Yeah. I be, it also went down in, in the sale. So, so oh, so who knows? Just tricky. To have I? Have Does I, that affect your score? Shouldn't. Money? Have I Do lost we need to put money? our scores up. Brexit. Well, uh, yeah, we we yeah. also need to consider the size of the dev team, don't we? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. uh, so all of that taken into consideration, quick maths, seven out of ten. Mev. Do you have a game to review? It's no problem if not. Well, to be honest, like I've said, I don't Walking play around. <laughs> Just Which, walking around the city. How would you rate I London? I can recommend London locations. <laughs> definitely feels like a good. solid... So I've been here for ages. It's definitely a 7 out of 10. <laughs> Steve, what have you been playing? I have been playing... Uh, I installed Elite Dangerous, which I've been looking forward to for ages. Uh, it took me a while to install it, actually, because you've got to do all this registering with Frontier stuff, but I... Don't know. Got on with it, installed it, went through the tutorials, took off and still didn't understand what I was doing. <laughs> Uh, it was bewildering, but does seem amazing, and I will go back to it. Instead, I quit out of that and loaded up Slime Rancher. Okay. Which is a game that I became familiar with when Chris Graft of <laughs> Gama Sutra was getting excited about it about nine months ago. Uh, Slime Rancher is a game in a sort of brightly coloured Nintendo or Sega style Blue Sky universe where you are a rancher of slime, uh, which means you have a little homestead in this uh, slime-filled universe and you have to collect slime. You do that with a vac pack. It's kind of like a vacuum cleaner. You run up to them and you suck them into your vacuum cleaner. Um, and then you can shoot them out again, which is why I've had to wait until this year to play it. And you shoot them out into cages, into little corals where you keep your slime. You have to keep them separate. Or Is that shooting? Would, would, would yeah. that not be pumping? 
It's hard to say. Hard to say. <laughs> I had to. I was nervous, so I okay. stayed away. Uh, fair enough. Didn't fair wanna... enough. Um, so um, when you keep your slime and you feed them, they emit plort, and okay. then you collect the plort, <laughs> and then you sell it. But if a slime eats another slime's plort, uh, you know, say one of your pink slimes eats one of your um, tabby slimes plort, then it turns into a hybrid slime of both of those. And if they eat a third slime's plort, then they go crazy. So you have to keep the slimes kind of separately or occasionally crossbreed them for extra value. Uh, slime value, the, pl- the value of plort can go up and down. So you have to sell it at the right time. You grow crops, different types of crops to feed different slimes. It's really gentle and really nice. It's in early access, as is the way these days. I'm not sure what that means. Perhaps more slime will appear in the future. I uh, played about 10 hours ago. I found it sort of quite hypnotic. It's gentle and colourful and pleasant. Seven out of ten. Look at the world you created back then, Mev. Did you look what was going on in that game Steve described? Harvesting plorts. <laughs> exactly. Just yeah. plort. More, more plort, more, right. more problems. That's <laughs> almost as bad as my jig. Exactly, is what I was thinking. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on the show, Mev. It's been an uh, absolute Thank you pleasure. For having me. Uh, we look forward to uh, seeing the result of your work. Um, yeah, that's about our lot, isn't it? Everyone, stand by the internet at 4pm tomorrow. Get your tickets for Marioki. We are super excited. It's been a good show. Well done, guys. Thanks, Steve. And thank you to all of you for listening. Uh, but until next Monday, goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.